Hi, I'm Deb Hunter, and welcome to All Things Tudor, the podcast that blows the dust off the history books and brings the world of the Tudors roaring back to life. Each episode will bring you awesome guests and topics, stories, and revelations. The power, the sex, the scandals, the romance, and the ruthlessness. So join me, and together we'll pull back the curtain and discover the real lives of the Tudors. Hi, welcome to All Things Tudor. I'm Deb Hunter, and today we are welcoming Allison Palmer. This is a very special treat for us because Allison is the head curator of Haver Castle, the childhood home of Anne Boleyn, who would later become Queen Anne Boleyn and change history. Allison is here today to share some very special news with us. Hever Castle has an exhibit everyone is going to want to know about. It's called Becoming Anne, Connections, Culture, and Court. Allison, welcome. It's an honor to have you on the podcast. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's an honor. Oh, well, thank you. Um, what <laughs> can you share with us about the new exhibit? Well, we've been um, trying to put on an exhibit for the last couple of years but COVID has got in the way so we're really excited to finally be able to share this with everybody. You know Anne has she has she gets a mixed reception I think and we want to put forth the facts that are known of Anne and her life and we feel that you know the best way to do that is to put on an exhibition because obviously we are Eva Castle and this is where she spent quite a lot of her childhood. You mentioned COVID. How long have you worked on the exhibit called Becoming Anne? We started work on the exhibition last year, really. We were planning on doing another exhibition um, in 2020 called Anne Downfall. But then Kate McCaffrey decided to do amazing things with one of our books of hours. And this, just this, all these exhibitions just sort of opened up in front of us. Um, you know, like I work, I've got some amazing colleagues, you know, Owen Emerson and my co-manager of the castle, Harriet Waldron, and the other castle supervisor, Jonathan Higgs um, and Kate McCaffrey. Yeah, we just sort of went, oh, my goodness, you know, we've got all we've got literally for like five years worth of exhibits, you know, coming out of uh, not just Kate's research, but, you know, we can do her entire life pretty much. So, you know, we really want to do. Um, obviously, this one's beginning with her early life, and then we want to do um, an exhibit on research into one aspect of the Book of Hours, and then we want to do downfall exhibition, and then it's going to be another exhibition on her research into uh, you know into another avenue of research that she's uncovered, and then it's sort of like into we want to then finish sort of like with Anne's image how she's perceived you know through the centuries after her after her death so yeah it was just it, I don't know whether to thank Covid for putting a stop to our doing the downfall exhibition and opening this avenue up of more exhibitions um but yeah it 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 did have a massive impact um because we were in our stride with the first one and then we had to stop so it is really unfortunate but you know I think what we've got now what we have planned now is so much better than what we had planned before so hopefully everyone will like it 
so this has been in the works for a few years then. Yeah, it has, yeah. And you did touch on something. You not only have an an amazing site, we have family that lives in the area. So I've been to Hever a few times. Oh, lovely. Yeah, it's a small world, isn't it? Um, it is. Your coworkers, your colleagues are absolutely amazing too. I follow them on social media and can't say anything but great things about all of you. It's just a, a great place with great people. So you're very fortunate there. Thank you. Yeah, I'm really lucky. Um, really lucky that Dr. Owen Emerson decided to come work at Hever and yeah and then Kate obviously approached about the research for her master's so yeah I think it was just a case of everybody was in the right place at the right time. <laughs> Absolutely sometimes the stars just line up literally. They did yeah they? they did literally <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well let's talk about Becoming Anne the title is just so beguiling Connections, Culture and Court. What all is featured in this exhibit? It took us so long to come up with that title. It's really, really embarrassing. We were working on, <laughs> we were working on uh, Anne Boleyn, the 1522 debut, um, but it was so wordy. And then we just thought, oh, you know, becoming Anne, because that's what it is. And this is how she becomes who she is. And then it was Kate, I think, was like, oh, we have to have these, like, these three snappy words and and then there was all this massive email chain went round um, and eventually we decided on that. But, yeah, the connections really is um, the beginnings of the Billing family. They're working up in the social order of things. Her father, you know, finally reaching the royal court and becoming a respected ambassador. Um, and it's his connections that gave Anne the chances that she had, you know, with Margaret of Austria. Um, culture is what she experienced in Margaret's court um, and then again in the French court and obviously court is then finishing with you know where where she ended up the English court I would say obviously being English you know the greatest court out of all three but yeah that was that that's basically that was where the three words came from so we literally just sort of went well what's she doing in this aspect of the exhibition and then what's this part and then what's that part and then we took the three main words that came to mind out of those three three separate areas that are going to be in the in the castle itself. It's sort of separated into three areas, starting downstairs with obviously the origins, her Jeffrey Berlin, and and then going, you know, her mum and her grandmother, um, Elizabeth Howard and Margaret Butler, and then going upstairs to, you know, the, the Berlin children, and then going into the Austria, French and then English in the last room. So, yeah, it just sort of made sense. Can we expect clothing, furniture? What type of items will you have on exhibit? So we're really excited. We haven't, I don't think, I think you're pretty much one of the first people to find out. Um, but we, there is an amazing Tudor costumier and she, I can say a little bit, I can't say all of it, um, but she, she, made, she was um, asked to make a dress based on the Holbein portrait of Amberlynn that we have in the inner hall. We have a, um, a 18th century oil painting based on that sketch by Holbein that said be Amberlynn, but, you know, it's not 100%. Um, and this dress is made as a copy for the one she's wearing, made for a lady in Scotland. And they're going to be lending us this dress, which is going to be absolutely amazing because it's beautiful. So, yeah, that's that's just been finalised. So we've got a delivery date for the dress. 
So that'd be really, really, really interesting to see that. And we've got we've got other dress um, it's like mannequins for dresses. So now we can we can have examples of the French fashions and English fashions um, as well on display, which would be really nice. But yeah, we're we're especially excited about this this costume that's arriving. <laughs> so yeah. So the the costume, as you call it, this is yeah. believed to be based on one of Anne's actual gowns. Well, yeah. So in the portraits, in the Holbein sketch, it's um, obviously it's not coloured, so we don't know what colour it was. But in the portrait that was made based on the sketch, um, the dress is sort of it's like a brown colour. Um, we used it for many years as our as our main painting of Anne Boleyn. But yeah, it's it's very it's either her we don't we really don't know it's been decided you know it was decided that it was her but it's all very much up in the air as to who this uh, lady is but it's generally accepted as Amberlynn. Do you have any special childhood items you can tell us about that possibly belong to Anne or her family? We don't have any items belonging to Anne from her childhood. None of that sort of thing ever um, survived. You know what has survived is in incredibly amazing to have which other books but yeah unfortunately we don't have anything that would have been used by the Blind children rather either we do have sort of modern recreations of toys that would have been used um, during the Tudor period so we have a cup and ball which is extremely popular with the staff I um, I think everybody's had a go at that Uh, we have sort of um, like a, a, a writing stylus um, where children would have learned their, al- you know, their alphabet and um, their numbers and practiced their writing. We have a telescope, which is based on Tudor telescopes. And we have an abacus as well, which will really flummox modern children, I have to say. But yeah, so we have these items that are modern items, but would have been used in the Tudor period. So the exhibit is not only for those of us who are crazy about Tudor England, but it's a very family-friendly exhibit as well. It's educational? It, yes, it is. You know, we'll have people, they'll be able to see the items. If we're not too busy, then yeah, possibly, um, you know, the children will be able to try, try them out with, um, with, one of our, with one of our stewards. But yeah, they'll be there on display. Unfortunately, we we get extremely busy in the summer months, so unfortunately, I don't think it'd be possible to use them then. But we will try. <laughs> it's always the best way to learn is if someone tries an item for themselves. So, absolutely, and then it yeah. becomes part of what makes them interested in history. So, I, I well, think yeah. it's a great idea. If you're a fan of Tudor history, come join us at All Things Tudor, a Facebook group dedicated to, well, All Things Tudor. Members can contribute a wide array of subject matter about Tudor history. You can also listen to the All Things Tudor podcast. There's a book club and a weekly clubhouse live audio chat, often featuring very special guests. Look for upcoming surprises for the group members in 2022. Become a member of one of the largest groups of Tudor history enthusiasts on the planet. Simply go to the Facebook search bar, type in all things Tudor, select the option to join the group, and of course answer the membership questions. Join us now at All Things Tudor. Look forward to seeing you. So how long did Anne actually live at Haver Castle? 
So that is quite a difficult question because we're not 100%. Um, so we know her father inherited the castle in 1505. If she was born in 1501, as is generally accepted, then she would have lived at Hever on and off from you know 1505 to when she left for Margaret of Austria in 1513. Um, so she you know had a lot of houses. Um, but Hever was the closest to London. And it's also about equal distance to the coast. So, and with Thomas going backwards and forwards from London to the continent, he was very well placed. But they did have other houses further up north, you know, into Norfolk, where they came from. So, yeah, unfortunately, we, we don't have their itinerary. We don't know when they would have spent time at Hever. We would have thought that while Thomas is at court, Elizabeth would have stayed at Hever with her children. More during winter, maybe. We're not 100%, unfortunately. We know that she came to Hever uh, when she came back from France. She came in 1520. She went back to Hever during her disgrace over the Thomas Percy debacle. And obviously when she fell ill with sweating fever, she came, she was here in 1528. Um, but unfortunately, unless there's a letter that we know is from or to Hever, then we, we just don't know how much time she spent here. But we know that it was somewhere that she came when she felt that she needed privacy because he was a very small castle, as you probably know. So it's really good for privacy. And, and it's beautiful. I can see why someone would want to escape there. So it <laughs> makes perfect sense. Yes. Now, what day does your exhibit start? So it starts on the 4th of March, and that is 500 years to the day that the pageant Chateau there was performed um, at York Place for Henry VIII. Um, and it's, it's the pageant where she played Perseverance. We know that Henry Depp's sister, Mary, played Beauty, um, you know, and I think Mary Boleyn played Kindness. So, yeah, it's quite well documented um, in Edward Hall's account of the pageant. So we thought it fitting to start it on that date. Might, it's a Friday. <laughs> Absolutely. Great. And that's su such a beautiful sentiment, 500 years to the day. Uh, it's yeah. perfect. Yeah. How long will the public be able to access this wonderful peek into the life of Anne Boleyn? So we are uh, planning on finishing the exhibition around the 9th of November um, because we have to get everything out of the castle and get Christmas in. So we have this very small window of time where we can get the exhibition out safely and store stuff uh, ready for the next exhibition, which will be in 2023. Yeah, you had mentioned earlier you're doing other exhibits. Will they tie into this one? Like, And you just mentioned one in uh, 2023. Will it be part of the Becoming Anne exhibit? Um, they're all standalone ex exhibitions, but we want them to tie in with one another. So, you know, we've got the next one, which is going to be about the Book of Hours and research by Kate McCaffrey. Unfortunately, I can't reveal the research because we haven't released it yet. But it's going to be it's going to be a really interesting one because it's going to court sort of like cover her life from like 1526 through to when she's made queen. So I think that'd be a really interesting exhibition. Um, and then the next one we're planning will be obviously her downfall. So that will cover the five months in May 1536. Um, and then the next one is also with the research into the book. And that hasn't been released either yet. So sorry, I can't 
talk more about that one. Um, and then, yeah, and then obviously how she's seen in the years after her execution will be the last one. Oh, well, you're always welcome to come back in the future. <laughs> so I think, I think I think Owen Emerson's desperate to get on this podcast. <laughs> oh, <and> <laughs> he was very jealous. <laughs> definitely. And I believe we can have a few people. We could do a Anne Boleyn panel with Hebrew Oh, yeah, he'd love so that. that. That would be fabulous. So you're more than welcome to do that as well. Oh, he'll be so happy. <laughs> <laughs> he's so nice. I have to tell you, he, he really is. is a nice person. He's, he's too nice, yeah. <laughs> now, on the Becoming Anne exhibit, is it accessible online for those who can't make it to Hever Castle? We want to make it accessible because we know um, that quite a lot of Anne Boleyn fans, you know, are not in England and have no, they're not just not able to come here. Um, so, you know, we're doing a, a, an exhibition book that is going to run alongside the exhibition. It's, I wouldn't say it's not a catalogue. Um, it is a book in its own right. Um so it's pretty much taking what's in the exhibition and then just expanding everything. So that will be going on sale when the um, exhibit opens. And that was written by Kate and Owen. But yeah, we, we were talking about a, a video uh, that we were going to do once the exhibit's up and running um, that we can put online for anybody that can't come to see the exhibit themselves. And, you know, we want to use the video um, on the ground floor of the castle as well for those that literally cannot get upstairs. So for our uh, disabled visitors as well. But yeah, we need to chat with the head of marketing to see about how we can get the video onto our website. Um, but yeah, that, that's definitely something that we want to we want to work on. Well, thank you for that. And I'll keep my eyes open for it. Now, for those who can visit, where can they find tickets? Can they buy tickets online? Just the normal Castle and Gardens tickets. Um, you can do those online or you can. That, to do them online is basically guarantee entry to the castle. We do sell tickets on the day as well. So you can just rock up to our gates and buy tickets for the castle and the gardens there. Um, but like I said, you know, to guarantee ex, you know, entry to the castle, it's best to buy online. I think you get a little tiny discount as well. So we can follow Hever Castle online. You're all over social media, I believe. We are. <laughs> and we'll just be watching out for what happens next then. And again, mm -hmm. you and or any of your colleagues are welcome to All Things Tudor at any time because Hever is just one of my favorite places on earth. And I thank you very much for your time today. That's right. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to All Things Tudor. My thanks go to listeners, my husband, and my team. If you like what you hear, leave a review, follow wherever you get your podcast, and share with your friends to help others find the show. Join the All Things Tudor Facebook community to connect with tens of thousands of Tudor history lovers. You can also connect with me across social media at the Deb ATL. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch y'all later. <laughs>